RadioInfluence.com. Hey guys, welcome in. This is a place for my head. I'm Jerry Pintuck. He's Brandon Thompson. Last week, we kind of told you in our debut episode, you know, kind of the stuff we're going to do and, and the stuff we're going to talk about. And, you know, this week, we're really going to, you know, jumpstart this podcast and, and take it back to the beginning. Not that it's not the beginning of the podcast, but the beginning of Brandon's website, aplaceformyhead.com. And we're going to address the demons. Yeah, so... Um, this entry was one of the most difficult ones to put out on the site because uh, at that point it's made public, right? Um, uh, it's one of the it's one of the first things I ever. No, I'm sorry, it's not one of. It is the first thing I ever wrote down uh, on paper with a sharpie, um, and I still have it actually. So maybe I can snap a pic of it and share it with you guys. But uh, um. It is, it's insanely personal, but the the funny part about it is I, I, I even say it in the entry uh, on the website that it is, it's not even about me. Um, it's just, there's so many different things um, that plague other people. Uh, maybe some of it's about me. Maybe I, maybe I struggle with some of it, um, you know, especially the anxiety part. Um, but, you know, I mentioned other things that, you know, that are part of my life. It's not me, but they're a part of my life. So it's something you still have to deal with, right? So I can maybe um, explain a little bit more after I read it. It's a short read, um, but here we go. First thing I wrote, addressing the demon. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, good. Just start. Yep. Anxiety is a bitch. Anxiety, fuck you. Bipolar personality, I don't want to talk to you. Depression is like the longest argument that doesn't end. And I don't have time for you. Why is this disease so mean? I've done everything I can do far and in between. Why does this pain shed no blood? Why does this agony feel as if I'm drowning in a flood? I can't breathe. I'm uncomfortable in my own skin. Is there only one way out of this? Is it to give you one more sin? Fine then. What's next? Am I going to let my demons win? Fuck you. I despise you for what you want me to do. I am better than this disease. I don't have to fall to my knees and make the demons ever so pleased. I am stronger than this. Give me everything you have. I will handle it with ease. And know this. I will fight. Fight for my family. Fight for my right. Fight for my blood. Fight for my little girl. Fight for my wife who saved my fucking life. You see that? I won. I beat you. I know you don't care. But I don't give a fuck about you. Sincerely. With care. Beat. Wow. Yeah. So. Strong stuff. So. So. I mean, that really came from so many different places. Uh, growing up and dealing with bipolar situations and dealing with depressive stuff that was surrounding me all the time, just because it's not in my brain doesn't mean it doesn't affect me. Right. So it's the, frust- bi- the bipolar. Who was that with? Uh, my my mom. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like, um, you know, she could be uh wanting to be my best friend at one minute or wanting to just you know hold me back and treat me like a piece of shit and tell me uh you know I was I was I was no good for the world you know so uh I had. Just because I don't, I'm not, I'm not a bipolar person. I don't have that specific chemical imbalance. I had to deal with it every single day as a child, and it weighs on you. It's taxing, and it fucking it makes you miserable. And when you get out of that, you and you realize what was happening. That's that's why I can write like this. This is a frustrating piece. Clearly, I don't, I don't like anxiety. I don't like depressive shit. I don't like people that are bipolar. I have, I have a, a certain care for them right but but having to 
to deal with the disease in a specific situation like that that you can't get out of, yeah, that shit's going to affect you. That's like any any relationship that you could possibly have. If you're if you if you have these things going on and your partner in crime, you know, whether it be wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you know, they're, they're it's not just you going through this stuff. Right. They're going through it with you, and that's what a lot of people don't understand. So I post this, and I automatically text messages, emails. Oh my god, check on Brandon. Is he okay? Like, no, guys, I'm just I'm just writing this because it's a frustration. Anxiety is definitely a big part of my life. And, you know, I'll never shake that 100%, but I got a good grip on it right now. But all the other stuff, man, it's just shit I've had to deal with. And it's like, you know what? And it, and my frustration is like, fuck you to all of that shit. Because it, if you don't treat it properly and you don't address it, all that bad shit happens. It manifests. At the end of the day, all the bad shit happens. That's when we start losing people. That's when people start losing their minds and they go postal. And all the, all, you know, it, it's endless to talk about, especially with all the tragedy, tragedy that's, upon us as of late so yeah that's pretty much it yeah you know you you bring up a good point um you know when you're a child you're a clean slate you you don't have preconceived notions right and you know when you're going through it you don't realize what you're going through because your mind's not mature enough to understand well it's not even that you have no experience right you have no life experience at all and, you know, going through that yourself and, and, you know, the stuff that I've gone through, you, you don't realize the impact that it has on your everyday life. I right. mean, just decision making and, you know, the way you, you view yourself and, you know, just getting through everyday life. You don't realize the impact that that experience has on you. Yeah. Well, and it's like, you know. This is said by so many friends of ours um, that you know we're mutual friends with, and not and just people in general. Like I'll never, you know, you hear I'll never be like my mom. I'm gonna strive. To I not- said that to my grandmother when I was five about right. my father. There you go, yeah. same thing. And I've, oh, yeah. I've said it to everybody. I'm never gonna be my dad because I, I looked up to my dad. You know, I mean, like he was like my best friend. Like I loved him, but then you know you get older and you find out what was really going on. And, you know, I, cheating and just all that kind of crazy shit. Like, it just doesn't, that's not who I am as a person. And it's not me not trying to be my dad. It's realizing who the fuck he really is and who I'd never want to be. I don't even want to associate myself with people like that. Right. That's a sad thing to say. But what, what that creates is, you know, shit for the sake of being pragmatic. It just creates tough, tough stuff in your head and how you how you, you know, need to maneuver through certain things in life. And, and I don't sit there and say, Hey, am I going to get up today and go do this, that, and the other Would my dad do it? No, that's not how it works. You just focus on being a good person. Like just be kind, give when you can. And just be just, just overall. I mean, that's like, you know, not to get spiritual or anything like that, or talk about faith, but every single day, I just do the best that I can for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. And and that's how I live my life every single minute of every day. And whether it's whether I'm making up for all the poor, piss ass decisions my parents made in my childhood, or uh, whatever I'm doing for nine times out of ten, it's not because of me. It's because of just things that I've been through and it's struggles that I still you know carry in my mind. And they're never going to go away. But if you can find a way, like can't beat them, join them kind of thing. Right. Let's, let's figure out a positive way to come out of that instead of negative. Well, and, and having grown up that way, it's almost subconscious to you. Yeah. You don't even realize you're doing it. Right. You know, and, and I know I, I'm speaking from experience there because um, 
as I mentioned in, in our first episode, nobody's harder on me than I am. Uh, and it comes from my background, similar to yours. Um, you know, and it's funny that you talk about the, the family aspect and, you know, realizing later on down the road what was really going on. Mm-hmm. You know, um, in, in my situation, you know, at one point, starting at age 11, I had four generations living in my house. Oh, wow. And all four of these people died of cancer. My mom and I took care of each in our house till they died. You know, I kind of assumed the role of the man of the house at 11, you know, because my father was a truck driver. He was always on the road. So, you know, a lot of that burden fell on my shoulders. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it because, you know, it, you do what you got to do. Yep. You know, and, and much like your situation, you just put your shoulder down, you plow through it. And then you don't feel the effects of it until years down the road. Right. Yeah. It's, it's crazy how life works. Dude, it, it really is. And, you know, when it comes to anxiety and, and depression, you know, a lot of people can relate to this because, you know, like you said, whether it was directly or indirectly through your mom, you know, this is stuff that everybody deals with. Yeah. Yeah. It's so common. And it, when you're a child, you're so impressionable, right? You know, the mind is such a precious thing. And, Especially in those formative years. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, like, my, my, my daughter's four, you know, and a half. I, I, I don't play the half game, but I, she's, I mean, November is when she turns five. So she seems like she's 10. But, um, you know, I'm very cognizant and very aware of her surroundings, even when it comes to other kids her age. And super protective to the point where I feel like I'll end up in jail one day, but I'll figure that out too. But <laughs> I got your back. I, right? You need bail money. I got yeah, you. Yeah. If anybody's seen uh, <laughs> Bad Boys 2, they know what's up. Um, <laughs> when the, <laughs> you know what's up. But uh, um, I got eight people ready to open that door for me. Um, but no, just uh, making sure that she, you know, uh, is. I guess the it's, it's same thing applies, not raised how I was, you know, you know, and it's like, I'm, I make sure to instill these, these, these moral qualities that only that can only come from parents. And we get, we get, we get, uh, we get people that compliment us all the time. You know, she's so well behaved. She's got uh, like, her manners are amazing. Like she can talk to you like a person and it's not, I'm, I'm not taking credit for that. My wife wouldn't take credit for that, but at the end of the day, your your child is going to be a reflection of their parents, especially if they're in their life every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, you know, I'd be I'd be be I'd be dumb to say if it wasn't the effort of trying to parent her, not like I was, if that wasn't a factor. It's like it's like getting it's like I'm, I'm not going to compare my daughter to a dog, but like when you get dogs that can be really really like exciting and crazy and whatnot like if you want calm out of a dog you give calm right right it's it, to dumb it down into, in, into that kind of stuff that's kind of how i i you know do my parenting and stuff like that like just talk to them at a real level and like no don't go too extreme on anything because it damages you and i'm proof of it yeah yeah and so am i you know um the, those voices and, and what you're told you know get ingrained in you <laughs> And, and, you know, like I said, it, it totally becomes subconscious. Like you don't even think about it and it's always there. Yeah. You know, and long term, that can affect you. Yeah. And, you know, I, over the years, I figured out I would much rather have, you know, somebody smack me around than repeatedly get told you're useless. You can't do this. You'll never amount to that. And because that stuff, it, it, it it's permanent. Yeah. Yeah. It's lasting. Bruises heal. Broken yeah. bones heal. Mm-hmm. Shit like that. With you forever. Fuck you up. Yeah, and it's with you forever. Like, 
it just reminded me of a story, you know, with, this is how my mother would, would parent me. Uh, I remember I was probably six, um, you know, one of those first grade kindergarten, one of those years kind of thing. And uh, I went to a daycare right after after school and they would pick us up in a van and then drop us off at daycare. And I got excited when we pulled up for no apparent reason. I'm a kid. I'm six or whatever. And I stood up in my seat before the van like got thrown into park and the driver yelled at me and told me, sit down. I said, okay. And I sat down. I had no idea what I did. You know, I'm seriously, I'm just a child. Like I, I didn't know I wasn't supposed to stand up. So now I learned something, right? End up in the, the principal, whatever her name was in the daycare. And I was in trouble and they called my mom and everything over this. And I'm just like, like now I think about it now. I'm like, what kind of shit is this? Like, who are these people? I, I stood up, like, just tell me to sit down. And I did. And but the type of stuff that 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 my parents or my mom would do to me would be like, she picked me up and she would make up a fake story and say, you're in trouble. They told me everything you did. And just to think I was going to take you to Chuck E. Cheese after 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 school today. So she'd run the guilt trip. Right. And but that was her, it's control. Right. right. So oh, she, yeah, absolutely. So you're already feeling like shit. And then she throws that on you and then shuts the door on you or something like that. And then it's like, what, what did I do to deserve this? In yeah. hindsight, she was making that shit up. That bitch wasn't taking me. <laughs> <laughs> never. That was never in the cards, man. Yeah. Never in the cards. Never in the cards. Oh, it, it's all about control. And, you know, that's what, uh, you know, I know, you know, what you went through. And, 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 you know, I've gone through similar stuff as well. And that mind control is always there. Yeah. You know, I, I always joke that, you know, oh, so-and-so is a travel agent for guilt trips. Mm-hmm. And, and to this day, if somebody guilt trips me into something, I'm, I'm screwed. I'm, I'm like putty. I'm just done. But, you know, and, and, you know, one of my biggest fears in life is letting people down. Oh, me too. Me you know, too. And, and it stems from that, you know, because I don't want somebody to go without or be without or whatever because of me. Right. No. I don't want to be the, I, for lack of a better term, I don't want to be the bad guy. Right. I can be the bad guy. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be the bad guy. No, nobody ever wants to, I don't think, right? Right, you know, but it, it's all it's all a control thing. Yeah, it's how you go about it. Like, I mean, whether it's like money and but does, does money buy love? Not really. Uh, it's very materialistic, but that's something growing up that would, you know, always be held over my head. Like, is there going to buy a car? Or, you know, we're paying for schooling and this, that, and the other. So therefore, I should like have to, bow down and kiss her feet or something like that. Right. I'm not saying that that's what happened, but situations like that is what I'm totally used to. And the second, I mean, the, the second I got out of those grips and, you know, started being successful, at what we were doing and married and all that kind of good stuff, like all hell broke loose. Right. I mean, all hell broke loose, like true color showed. And I mean, there's been arguments and just, just, I mean, just, <laughs> I could talk for days about all the dysfunction that has happened since I broke that, that barrier of having someone over my head being able to control me based off a financial thing or something. Yeah. When I was a kid, uh, you know, that's, that's exactly the game my father would play. I never went without, if there was something I wanted, I always had it, but it was almost like he was trying to buy me off. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I uh, I was totally trying to pay me. Oh, I'm sorry. I made life hell. Here's whatever the hell you want. Yeah. And it's like, okay, I get it. And you know, to the outside world, it was like, Oh, well, P talk spoiled. And it's like, no, you don't know what's going on at yeah, home. Yeah. But you know, I got lucky for lack of a better term. Um, because I've always tried subconsciously to try to make my father proud of me. Mm-hmm. And you know, the last time I ever saw the guy, 
he flat out disowned me. And he's like, Yo, you're not my son, blah, 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 blah. And he thought he was hurting me. But it was the opposite because go. it gave me that freedom. Yeah. And, you know, a buddy of mine was there. He called me to the house. I'm like, dude, you need to come with me because shit's going to go down. Like, I could feel it. I knew it was yeah. coming. And, you know, he's literally yelling at me through the door. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm standing in the front yard and he's yelling at me. And my boy, who I grew up with, I had 30, a 30-year friendship with, is like, what the hell is going on? Right. Because he had never seen that side. You know, so my father thinks he's hurting me and he's controlling me. But when he cut that tie... It was like the weight of the world was lifted off my shoulders because I was no longer under that control. Yeah. So it it totally, it backfired on him, honestly. But, you know, that was... Same, same. Like when people, when I, you know, give full details as to my situation, my family, they're like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm like, no, I've made peace with it. You know, I, I focus on my family now and I do everything I can for them. And that's my number one, my, my number one priority and focus. I'm not going to... I'm not going to let that plague back in, you know what I mean? And so same situation and like the control aspect of it, like my, you know, uh, they'd, they'd spoil me and then create a fight just to cause a fight because they needed a fight or something like that. And then hold it over my head and be like, you're such a spoiled piece of shit for making me buy all this stuff. I'm like, you, you took me to the fucking mall, went into all these stores, bought all this stuff. And then at the very last purchase, you, you 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 make me the piece of shit of the entire day, and then I have to suffer for the rest of it. Like then I'm like, how does this? Why do we always end up in a fight? And now I'm like, God damn, yeah. that was so dysfunctional. Yeah. See, I I came from the father saying, oh, and I'm, I mean, like not even ten. I'm a little kid. You know, one side saying, well, you know, we're getting divorced. And then the other side saying, well, I'm only here because of, because of you, because mm. a kid should have, you know, two parents. And it's like. Because that's a great idea. Well, right. And that's a great <laughs> thing to tell a kid that age, too. <laughs> right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, it's like, well, hell, I can't compute all of this shit. Right. You know, so in my head, all I hear is, oh, well, she's sticking around because of me. And I'm the reason she, you know, all this shit's going down with her. And I'm the reason this and I'm the reason that. And it, everything's my fault. And it sucks. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, truthfully, I still live with that to this day. Yeah, I do too. You know, yeah. And that's something you can't shake. Mm-mm. You know, it, 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 like I said, it, it's a guilt trip. And, mm-hmm. you know, my, my wife jokes with me. She's like, you can't let people guilt you into stuff. I'm like, but I've had 41 years of it. It's all I know. Yeah. You know, and trying to break those habits, especially, you know, I'm a creature of habit anyways, but you know, trying to break those, those habits, it, it's damn near impossible, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I had done better. I had actually started seeing a, a therapist for a while and, um, you know, some situations happened and it fell by the wayside. But, you know, when I started seeing her, things started coming together a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I highly recommend anybody dealing with this I kind do of too, stuff, man. go they, see somebody. They can, they can pull out a different perspective that you would never even think of. And cause I've, I've gone as well and you know, they, they, it's, 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 it's a good option. And, you know, I grew up and we mentioned it before, you know, I've said like, uh, um, <laughs> dad calling me pussy. Don't be a pussy. Don't take those pills. You're not, don't be, don't, don't be a wuss, whatever blah, 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 instilled in me. But like sometimes the medication is okay. I mean, not even to say to sometimes, sometimes it, Sometimes that, that that's the way to go. It just depends on your situation and whatever professional medical advice and help you get. But but t- don't be afraid to talk to someone. When I got when I 
when I stood up for myself and and put myself in in, in front of a professional, um, that probably changed my life. And uh, I don't regret that at all. And I definitely don't feel like a pussy. I can yeah. tell you that right now. No, and and anyone seeing someone shouldn't feel like a pussy. No, you know, flat out. And no. it doesn't make you weak. It actually, if anything, it should make you stronger. That you had the the confidence and the ability to go seek help um, instead of just ride something out because you think you can fix it all on your own. It's just a it's a recipe for disaster. And once you realize that, it's not rock bottom. It's none of that shit. It's like, hey, it's time to go see someone professional so I can mm-hmm. figure this shit out for real. Yeah, I, I can't fix the world. No, no, can't fix the world. Cannot fix the world. Yeah. It's the same reason why I will never let, I, I don't think that I'll ever let them back in my life just because there's no benefit to it. And uh, the amount of up and down dysfunctional verbiage, if, if you will, it just doesn't belong in my, in my, in my life with my, with my wife and daughter and my amazing uh, in-laws. I mean, you know, it's like, it's like back in the day, and this will age me, obviously, but uh, watching Married with Children and Al Bundy. <laughs> the, the, Sorry, we're old. Yeah, we're yeah, old. We're old. <laughs> and so, you know, that type of lifestyle, being the dad and, and hating the in-laws and stuff like that, it's such an opposite thing for me. Like my, my in-laws, uh, you know, have, have been very parental um, in, 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 a, in, a, in a sense of being there for me when, when, when I didn't have, you know, parental people around. Um, and I can't thank them enough and I love them to death and they know that. So, um, and, and in fact, uh, last Mother's Day, I wrote a, uh, a poem for my mother-in-law. It's, uh, it's pretty, pretty moving, at least to me and to her little, and some, some, uh, tears of joy. So. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I, I was, I've been very blessed cause I've had, uh, <clears throat> you know, a couple different sets of quote unquote family look out for me. And, you know, the one thing I've learned over my 41 years is family isn't who you're stuck with. It's who you make it with. Right. You know. And it's your home. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and sometimes when you least expect it, those people that you don't expect to be there are. Right there. Yep. You know, and you never know when people are drawn from their own experience. And that's what this podcast is all about. You know, that's, you know, these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't know anybody at all that can't relate to a story like this. Yeah, not, not no. It's just it, it just takes It's just people, a case of whether they discuss it or not. Right. It takes it takes people willing to to talk about it and be honest about it and be transparent about it in order to get the others out there to come share some of their stuff. I mean, cuz sharing this stuff, making all like this addressing the demons was easy to write, not easy to publish. Right. Or post publicly, right? That was tough. But doing it, it just opened up the floodgates to other people that are feeling the exact way. And now that they're reaching out to me saying, hey, can I can I post stuff like this on your on your site? Will you feature my poem, blog, this, that, and the other? Yeah. And it brings it brings light to their day. And damn, man, that that's the best thing I could ever ask for, you know? So if I gotta be the guinea pig and I gotta be the one to to, to suffer right out of the gate or try to you know, I'm not suffering, but it was it was it was hard to open up my head and my heart with this first piece and stuff like that but it was obviously worth it yeah no i mean this is it's powerful stuff you know and and you know you talk about depression in that and you know just with the with the stuff that you dealt with stuff i've dealt with you know that's almost a normal part of life and it shouldn't be right right it shouldn't be at all you know and yeah you know it's one of those situations that at the time, 
I don't think people realize the damage that's being done. Right. Well. <laughs> oh, or they don't care. Yeah, exactly. You can't expect them to because right. they're not going to acknowledge the fact that something bad's happened because it's more or less selfish actions mm-hmm. than it is anything to do with you. You know, it's just something that, I mean, I think that people that have a chemical imbalance or are, you know, bipolar or something like that, when, when they go into their negative actions and whatnot, they're doing it for a purpose, but they don't know that they're doing it for, for a purpose. And they could even think it's something else, but it's really for themselves. It's very, they're very selfish acts. Yeah, and, and they always defect, defect, deflect the blame. Oh, always. It always it's always everybody else's It's everybody fault. else. It's always everybody else. And that, that in and of itself will weigh on your conscience for the rest of your life, you know? Like it's, every it's, almost a, it's almost a form of bullying. Absolutely. That, it's abuse. Yeah, it's abuse. So, so I, I, I was never hit as a kid or anything like that. But mentally, man, oof. yeah, we're in the same boat. We got thrown through the ringer. Yeah, you know? yeah. I, I mean, everything. It's so weird because everything, you know, was a competition, mm-hmm. and everything was all about gaining the attention. It's like I'm not in it for the attention. I don't Me know. Either. No you way. know, I, I don't know where you're coming from with this. I don't, I don't get it. But you know, in, in their eyes, it was right. You know, and it's. It really is. It's a form of bullying. And that's why to this day, you know, I'm one of those people that I won't get pushed around. I, I won't. Well, if, I, if I'm wrong and I know I'm wrong, I'll admit it. But I'm going to stick to my guns, goddammit, until yeah. you prove me wrong. Once yeah. you prove me wrong, I'm cool. Hey, man. And, and, and I'm not afraid to say I'm wrong. I do it all the time. Right. But <laughs> just people... I, I don't deal well with those kind of personalities. Yeah. It's like, it's like, it's like in, the, in the workplace even... Uh, I was just about to go there. <laughs> I don't I don't respond well to negative reinforcement. So I'm a very positive reinforcement type of person in the workplace. And it's the it's the negative reinforcement type of situation. It just it it shuts me down. Like right. I'm I'm not that doesn't give me any any like uh aspirations or like I, I don't get excited to do something uh if I'm if if someone's gonna treat me, you know, like that in a negative way and expect you know, an outcome that's un, unimaginable in that scenario, right? Yeah, I, I don't need somebody to tell me that I fucked up. I know I fucked up. Right. <laughs> and trust me, nobody's going to be harder than uh, I am on myself. Yeah, so you likewise. coming over telling me that I'm a piece of crap, mm-hmm. yeah, it doesn't do anything for me. Yeah. yeah. You know, all it does is piss me off and make you look at, you know, make me look at you in a different light. Yeah, let's embarrass you in front of like everybody in the room and call your baby ugly and say <laughs> you're this, that, and the other and then be like, all right, cool. Game on. Yeah, we're good. Let's do better. Yeah, yeah, screw you. No, no, it doesn't work like that. No. You you, you can't be a dick and then go, hey, we're good. Let's go have a beer. No, no. You know, and I was in a situation like that. You know, one of the last radio gigs I had, the guy was just that that personality, Mm -hmm. that obnoxious, controlling, manipulating bully. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I had problems with it openly and and I I didn't handle it well. Yeah. And I, I can admit that now, but at the time I did what I had to do. Yeah. You know, and there ended up being a, a conflict there because it split the staff. Some people were on his side. Other people were on my side. And that's not, a, you can't function like that. Mm-mm. You know, so. And this stuff happens in the workplace all the time. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's not, it's just everywhere and people just don't know. Right. And it's, it's just a case of how you learn to deal with it. Right. And openly, I probably could have handled it better, but I did the best with what I could work with. A lot of people are put in that situation. When really they probably don't need to be. No, nope. well, not you know, in our opinion, which is, it's an opinion, you know. Like I said, it's just 
it's how I operate. I prefer positive reinforcement as right. opposed to negative. You know, that's just me though. Somebody else might thrive off negative. It's just, it's to each in their own. But either way, I think it's more so identifying who you're talking to, who you're interacting with on social levels and anything else. Like who, what type of person are you talking to? So you can, you can talk to them in the way that they respond the best. Right. And that goes back to the whole proverbial people person or, right. you know, you've just got to know how to treat people. Yeah. Yeah. And which that part should not be hard. No, it shouldn't <laughs> be. But unfortunately in this world, yeah. it is, Yeah, you Tough. know, and, and it amazes me when you see CEOs of corporations and vice presidents and presidents and big wigs, and they're the biggest assholes in the world. It's like, yeah. how the hell did you succeed? How yeah. did you get there by being a total tool? It's crazy. I've, While I've, there are <laughs> millions of good guys out there that are struggling every day. It's like, how the hell does that work? I don't know. I, maybe maybe somebody's got to be the asshole, and that's what happens. I don't uh, know, man. <laughs> maybe. I, I, it's above my pay grade. Yeah, but, mine too. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, it, going back to the, the bullying aspect of it, though, you know, again, people don't realize the effect that has. Yeah, you know? no, no. It's and, a lasting. So. Oh, yeah. I, I'm pretty fortunate because, you know, professionally, in my 18 years in radio, there are literally three people I've come across that I had a hard time working with mm-hmm. that I probably wouldn't work with again. But it was because of those reasons. Yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, you know, I'll bend over backwards for anybody, but those three people, it's like, I can't. That's the special part about finding really good work relationships is when you're like, you have each other's back mm-hmm. and you'll do anything for that person, right? Yeah, yeah I love those relationships. Or, or, or anything, anything for, for the company or... Yeah. Yeah, because I've always been the biggest company guy in the world. You know, I'll, I've got no problem working 80 hours a week. That's cool as long as we're all on the same page. Oh, yeah. But when people start going into business for themselves... Mm-hmm. that's when things get ugly. Yeah, they get a little messy. But yeah, no, I love that. And I have many, many re- working relationships that are like that. It's totally healthy and I love it. And I love my company and all that kind of stuff too. So. Yeah, so, you know, basically, you know, to sum this all up, we're saying just fucking be nice to people. Yeah, just be nice. What the hell? Be, be nice. Just be a good person. Yeah, exactly. It's not hard. To go back to the, the parenting aspect of things, you know, it's so important for parents to instill that in their children. And I, I don't want this to go off into a parenting, preachy, yeah. soapbox bullshit thing. But, you know, you were talking about negative reinforcement, positive reinforcement. Mm-hmm. It's so important. It's so much more powerful. Yeah. And it's it's so much more rewarding. And it there's no, oh, man, I feel like shit because I did something wrong moment, right? right? Like, I mean, just lift people up and tell them how to be better in a positive way. The normal person will remember the negative much more than they remember the positive. Yep. So that makes the positive that much more important to hit people with. To pound in, right? Yeah, the positivity. Yeah, because you could have a, the best day of your life and be, everything could be amazing. And then one negative thing takes you down uh, 10, exactly. 10 pegs, right? Yeah, Exactly. You know, and, and that goes back to the whole anxiety thing and the depression thing and, and everything you wrote about. So it's all tied in. Absolutely. No doubt. So again, the website is a placeformyhead.com. Make sure you go check it out. Uh, Brandon's put a lot of work into that. And, uh, you know, don't be afraid to... Uh, send your own submissions in um you know we love hearing you know and reading these submissions and, and people's stories and you know we want to talk to a lot of you guys so yeah. you know please make sure you check it out um make sure you subscribe to the podcast anywhere you can um itunes stitcher tune in radio google play of course you can hear it at radioinfluence.com as well uh brandon where can they find you on social media 
Uh, <clears throat> so Facebook for the site will be a place for my head dot dot capitalized com. Um, and then at Brandon promo anywhere else. Cool. You can find me anywhere on social media at Jerry P. Tuck. That's P-E-T-U-C-K because it's not exactly Thompson. And, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, next week we're going to be uh, hopefully hooking up with a gentleman that goes by the name of Sam I am. And, you know, we, we've said before that, you know, anybody we talk to, we're going to keep it anonymous. And, we're, we're you know, we're doing that by design because... You know, we don't want to air people's dirty laundry. You know, we don't want to, you know, put that kind of stuff out there, but we want to get the stories. Um, you know, and, and Sam is a guy that you've talked to a little bit here and there. Um, you know, he, he seems like a younger guy, real, yeah. real passionate. Real passionate. Um, I'm, he, he sent me a bunch, uh, a bunch of pieces, and everyone is uh, unique in and of itself. But just, I mean, the intelligence behind the writing and the emotion behind the writing is what I, I, I identify with the most. And uh, I always post his stuff everywhere I can uh, whenever he does uh, submit something. Uh, he's just extremely humble dude. Um, and yeah, I can't wait to talk to him on the show. Yeah, that, that, that'll be great. I'm, I'm really stoked about that. So guys, again, we appreciate you taking the time out of your crazy ass schedules to uh, spend some time with us and hear our stories and get our takes on things. And, you know, hopefully, you know, like we've said from the jump, you know, we just want to try to help people and we want to break that stigma of mental illness and, you know, just start the conversation because at the end of the day, that's where everything begins, you know. It's all about communication. Yep. You know, it's all about talking to people. It's all about taking care of everybody. It's all about looking out for each other. And, you know, if this little podcast here that we're doing affects even one person, it's so worth it. Yep. That's a win. It's so worth it. So, guys, again, we appreciate the time. And uh, until next week, make sure you get out there and hashtag get it out. Radio Influence strives to bring you excellence in podcasting. We work with personalities like TV chef Brian Duffy, radio personalities like Ian Beckles, news and political pundits like independent journalists Frank and Tracy Beans, experts from the sports world like veteran football scout and coach Chris Landry, pro wrestling personality David Penzer, MMA experts Jason Floyd and Daniel Galvan, and strength and conditioning coach Jeff Crochelle. If you're looking for food, sports, music, entertainment, politics, no matter the topic, Radio Influence has something for everyone. All of Radio Influence's programming can be found on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and RadioInfluence.com. 